0: Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 238. I'm Zonner And I'm Zook. Schmitty uh, is down with soccer fever, and Colin? He's got a bad case of the hooliganisms. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Is that something you can contract? I think over in the U.K. it's fairly common.
1: Well, it's in the water there. I don't know about in Utah.
0: Well, he, yeah. I don't know. Those BYU fans are pretty bad.
1: Yeah, they are. Too much Mountain Dew in their system, and they just get all devilish. Uh, Colin uh, got shanked on his way out of Atlanta International Airport.
0: Shanked or shivved? same does idea doesn't matter same same i
1: think one of them happens to you in prison the other one is outside of prison i'm not sure which is which
0: yeah i'm not up on all my prison terminology because it's been a while since i've been there hey, hey cortana define shanked while she's looking that up
1: oh a long shanked hook what well, that doesn't
0: he got hooked. Some Gee, thanks computer for com-
1: yeah, thanks <laughs> computer for completely ruining my joke. Hey, shout out to our friends over at TrekRadio.net, KryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher.com, dot com, Stitcher dot com, Eagle Moss Limited, and forty eight fourteen web hosting.
0: I, I will say here, Zook, uh, Urban Dictionary came to your ref or came came to your rescue. Yay. Um shanked to be stabbed with a homemade knife. So
1: Hey Cortana. Define shived. I don't want shift or shaved. I want a joke that comes
0: at Collins expense. Come on, computer. And, and, and Shiv is slang for a knife or any other small cutting slash stabbing weapon, often homemade. Think inmates with sharpened toothbrushes.
1: This episode has gone South fast. Like this is a new record for us. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Ruff, who, of course, sent in feedback. Feedback concerning previous feedback. See, he had written us uh, something about episode 235, and I could have sworn I read it on air. And uh, I went back through and realized I hadn't. I still think I did, but maybe I was asleep then, or it was like an entire dream sequence. Yeah, you dreamt it. I don't know. Uh, Episode 235. I think I jumped the episode too. Cause I don't honestly remember a whole lot of what happened, but he says, greetings. Another good episode was honor banging on about how you cannot trust the government begin sarcasm. Right. You can certainly trust non-government sources. I completely trust VW and Samsung and Verizon, not to mention Big Oil. You can completely trust them and sarcasm. Regarding the VW claim, you forgot to mention one group of people that'll be paying and paying, and that's Volkswagen's insurers, who will be coughing up a fair chunk of any damages that VW will have to pay. Cheers, Ruff. Um, well, Ruff, you're wrong, because we did bring that up just Later episodes after you had written the feedback.
0: (laughs) And I will say, I don't trust private entities. He doesn't trust anyone. Much more than I trust government entities. However, private entities do not have the power to take me and throw me into a prison camp. You
1: obviously haven't run afoul of the Walmart police.
0: I don't think the broom closet should be considered a prison kit. They have
1: like their own brig down there. It's crazy. <laughs> all right. Um well hey, we got kind of stuff from all over the place. And we I are, have
0: this is like a very schizophrenic episode.
1: It really is. Um and I didn't put any of these headlines in. So Zahner, take it away.
0: I'm not taking anything except. Take it. Okay, whatever. Let's start off talking about Nintendo. Okay. And Ingress. Ingress is a thing that, that you like, Zook. I do um, like it. I think it's fair to say that since you haven't been on time anywhere since the you've actually discovered this, then, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of ingressing. I'm I also that creepy guy
1: that drives around his town late at night at 25 miles an hour in front of your house. I'm not stalking you or doing drugs. I'm just trying to capture a portal. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you know you've got to slow down to catch the portal because if you go too fast, it's out of range by the time you can hit that hack button. Right, right. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy that parks at the church repeatedly because every church in Utah has like at least one portal. So I was up in Heber today. I was on on the historic railroad Heber, Utah. For those of you who don't know, has an old train that's like uh, since 1899. I believe they've been using this train. And it looks like it. It's rusty. I was amazed that it still runs. But I actually pulled up ingress while I was on the train looking for portals. My son's like, "Are you trying to catch portals?" Yes, I am. Train was going too fast. It sucked. Dumb train. <laughs> I know. But uh, Niant, is it Niantic? Niantic. 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 I don't. Is know. that how you say it? But they, um, they've got thirty million dollars that they have raised, uh, and. That money is Nintendo money. And Nintendo money, as we know, is like... It's awesome, because it's like... You gotta break the brick first, and then you get the gold coin, and so it's like...
1: Nintendo money is annoying, though, and it can only be spent at the Wii store.
0: Yes, very frustrating. (laughs) But apparently, they've got the ability now, in the Wii store, to develop Pokemon games. And they have come out with this Pokemon Go game. I don't know if we mentioned it a couple weeks ago, when it was announced... But it's basically this huge deal with Nintendo uh, that's going to bring... I can't see that. Zook's distracting me with shiny Star Wars items. And all I see is glare. Are those chopsticks?
1: They are. Darth City. Count Dooku.
0: Count Dooku chopsticks.
1: Lightsaber chopsticks.
0: Nice. Nice. Look at me. I'm like here trying to do a show it's liberating hey, not being the host this is great <laughs> it really is it really is i'm gonna kick crap back to you here in a minute but. well
1: okay so let me insert here because <laughs> i have a bunch of co-workers that i've been trying to get hooked on to ingress uh one of them actually started and when you know he he jumped onto the wrong faction jerk
0: so, uh, so he's on the right faction is what you're saying yeah. uh, the he's resistance on the, he's on the
1: luddite faction um He's put in the request to, to have it changed. Anyway, he, I'm explaining it to him, and he goes, oh, this sounds a lot like a Pokemon game that's coming out. And we didn't know it at the time. But yeah, the new Pokemon game's coming out, and it's taking technology from Ingress. And the idea is, is that there's Pokemon in the wild. You can use your device to find them and meet up with other people to go capture them, fight them, battle them with your own Pokemon, and it uses the same uh, augmented reality platform as Ingress
0: which is very cool. You know that this is going to just make a ton of money if they throw in app purchases there. Oh yeah. It is going to be sick how much money they're going to make off this. Cuz you know, I'm I was actually talking with somebody today. I'm too old to truly appreciate the Pokémon generation. I I'm like the the age group older than the Pokémon people. But you're, you're about...
1: Like, you're two age groups older than the Pokemon people, because I'm the age group above the Pokemon people.
0: Yeah, I was going to actually just say that, because you're probably even above the Pokemon people. But I, I'm about 10 years, I think, ahead of the Pokemon phenomenon here in the U.S., and so I never really got into it. This is something that I think I could get into. This I, I could actually get into doing Pokemon through this, because... It's a really cool platform it's a really It's cool a cool idea. concept. Pokemon
1: has always failed in one area. um and you can
0: never truly catch them all.
1: It's true. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, the idea that originally it was just a card game, right? And it was very yes. easy to play in the social circle. Like all card games are, you need someone to play against. But as soon as it went on to Game Boy, It became single player and they've tried other things to bring in multiplayer platforms and get close to a person and you can like hook up or sync up and play against each other that way. But it's still a real solitary game. This, I think, is quite fascinating. I really think it's quite cool. You can have gym battles. You could have, hey, look, in your region, there's going to be a gym battle happening at this location and all the players go and meet up. And then, if if nothing else, they can either battle together or against each other or pair off into different individual battles. I think it's a really, really cool way to turn Pokemon almost into a, a real-life MMO.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm excited for it. And, you know, I'll be jumping on it when as, as soon as I'm able to. And I'm not a Pokemon guy, but I love the concept, I love the idea, and I think it's a great opportunity to to expand their their fan base. I mean, Pokémon's already got a huge fan base. But you throw something like this in, I think it's only going to help the brand if it's done well. If it's horrible, I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt it. If it's but horrible,
1: I, uh, the fans will crucify them for the
0: it. The fans will crucify them, but I don't think you're going to lose fans over it. No. No, it'll and just so, be
1: it'll just be the one that ah uh, we don't we don't play that one. We do not yeah. speak of that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the Star Wars prequel trilogy.
1: And hey, there's always a chance you'll meet uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey.
0: Yes, at the gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Ronda Rousey. She's such a Pokemon nerd. Oh,
1: dude, can you imagine her as a gym leader?
0: She'd make You don't, don't know what that means, do you? I, I don't. But okay, so at each city, there cry. is a gym. I'm certain.
1: The gym leader is the one who is the most powerful one there. And if you defeat the gym leader, you get a badge. So saying that you have defeated that gym. It's kind of the idea of the old Ronin traveling the countryside, challenging different schools and dojos to about beating their master. And then you can say that they are better than that style. Okay. Um, It's a very romanticized idea in Japanese lore. Well, it's in Pokemon, too. I know this because my brother watched all the cartoons. It was the only thing on our TV for a very long time. I think she'd be a pretty awesome gym leader.
0: Oh, I think she would, and I think she'd make people cry, too, because, you know, it's Ronda Rousey, and that's what she does. Indeed. Unless she just flat out knocks you out. You know, I did you see that video of her for Sports Center, where it showed Pikachu training in the gym and then takes off the head, and it's Ronda Rousey dressed as Pikachu? Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. I think you actually showed that to me the other day, but I'd seen it first. Haha. Um <laughs> on to other Nintendo news. Uh, a new Nintendo console might be closer than we expect. Uh I'm waiting for my story to pull up. The Nintendo NX, I didn't even know they were working on another console. I thought the Wii U was it for now. Um But I guess they begin distributing software development kits for their upcoming console. I haven't heard much about this. Have you, Zook, Is this news um, to you? Or? It's,
1: I've heard rumblings about it, but nothing really, no real detail. All I know is it's going to be the most amazing way to play the same games you've been playing since the N64. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Probably another Yoshi's World. Um, I'll bet you there's going to be at least two generations of Super Smash Brothers yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. Now, let me ask you this. Is Nintendo still relevant? They've got the characters, but are their consoles and their games still relevant? Depends
1: to which demographic you're talking to. It's kind of like saying is Candy Crush relevant? No, unless it is. There's always going to be gamer can the gamer demographic is so split now. It's so wide and broad
0: that well, you've you got be- soccer moms that fall into the gamer demographic somewhere along the spectrum. We're like an autism disorder. <laughs> I'm a high functioning gamer. <laughs> Please don't touch me. Yeah, exactly. I, forget
1: about eye contact. I just—you'll see my thumbs twitching constantly. <laughs> you can tell I'm a console gamer for that reason. Versus the guy who's just constantly clicking his his right index finger. He's a uh, he's a PC master racer. Anyway, so. We have tons of different gamers now, and you're right. Soccer moms, they'll hop on with Clash of Clans, right? Or they'll do their Candy Crush. Um, And then you have the people who don't go anywhere without their, uh, their Game Boy. Jeez, my brain just blanked out. Is it still called? Thank you, a DS. Is it still even called a Game Boy?
0: I actually carry one in my backpack on quite a regular basis.
1: You know? And then you have... And and they're kind of a step above the casual gamer. But they're not looking to play Call of Duty. They're looking to play whatever is on their DS. Then you have... The actual people who have the regular consoles, the P- PlayStations and the XBoxes, they would like to think that they're the hardcore gamers, but they're not. Because then above that, you have the PC gamers who get violent with if you do that wrong, or they go try and make a lot of money doing it. You know, so it, it's just it's a wider spectrum now than it used to be. So no, Nintendo isn't relevant to my demographic, but that's not to say they're out. You know,
0: yeah, I don't think they're completely irrelevant. But you know, you watch, I mean, we've got the League of Legends championship going on right now. You've got you mentioned the Call of Duty people. I mean, a lot of these people aren't going to go out and buy a Nintendo console anymore. Yeah. It's just it's not what they're going to do. Yeah, surprisingly, you got nursing homes buying Nintendo Wii's when those came out. So. It's it's interesting because it's
1: almost like the gamers of the world have almost kind of outgrown Nintendo. But Nintendo's just changed to then bring in new gamers, which is something Sega and Atari could never do. True. So I got to give Nintendo props for that. I'm not... This sounds like a backhanded compliment. It's not meant that way. But instead of just lamenting about the gamers they lost, they adjusted slightly and brought in a whole new audience. So,
0: yay. Yeah, I I think Nintendo is very interesting because, like I mentioned, they do have the characters they've got the name recognition like i've got a hat that says know your roots on it and it's got a mario mushroom the red one not the green one it's not the one-up mushroom it's just the get big mushroom and i wear that hat with pride because that is a lot of my piece a lot of my gaming roots although technically the 2600 is cuz that's what i played the majority of my games on as a kid up until nintendo came out but i was like 10 when nintendo came out with the NES. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting. And I'm very curious to see if Nintendo can kind of get that, that mainstream relevancy with their console again. Because uh, right now, I don't think that they're very mainstream. Mainstream people, everybody knows Nintendo. Everybody knows their characters and their games. Because, like you said, it's the same thing over and over and over again. So, I'm interested to see if this new console is able to kind of... Um, bring that back and, and bring us back to I wouldn't say the glory days but something more relevant than they are now mm-hmm. Um, tell me if you think this is a good idea Zook copy protection on JPEGs well it kind of depends on what we mean by that
1: first off I don't think us staying with JPEGs at all is a good idea uh, this sounds like a, a kind of a brutal shift from the talk of Nintendo, but yes, we've already kind of left JPEGs behind. I, I believe most web pages now use PNGs. They are higher quality, they support transparencies. The GIF is making a comeback, uh, much to Schmidt's chagrin. Um,
0: He's kind of embracing it though, which surprises me.
1: Well, I think he, I think he was so hardcore against it because he knew that it was going to be like smack to his veins. You know, <laughs> college, he wasn't going to be able to give it up. But even that's going higher quality now with GIF V and everything. JPEG, I feel, is old. I don't know why we're still using it, but we are. As for copy protection of it, yeah, I could see that. Um, we actually just had this o- our own. Instance of this on the site, um, someone went and copied one of our images from Salt Lake Comic Con 2013, where Dollface was interviewing Nicole Jean Marie, uh, the the cosplayer, and they copied the image to their site, seeing it was theirs and it was actually from Fanex, and I called them out and they removed it. But if I had just put, if I had been able to put copy protection on there, they wouldn't have been able to do that.
0: And see, I actually thought about that. And I think in certain instances, this is a really good idea. However, you know, right now, a lot of people are hoping that the tech industry would actually back away from copy protection. People want to see the internet go the opposite direction instead of locking everything down. Well, copy
1: protection can really be overdone.
0: It can. It can. And I think that, you know, if they're able to implement. Well, I should say, uh, the JPEG group recently launched a privacy and security initiative that could potentially bring DRM to regular JPEGs, um, not just the specialized JPEG 2000 format. I didn't know there were two different formats, but whatever. Um, I just know JPEG because they all suck. I, I'm a PNG guy myself, uh, but basically, you know, they're hoping to protect your med- your metadata. But it could also prevent you from copying or even opening some pictures, which I think could be bad. You look at internet memes, you know every single one of those would be copyrighted at some point along the way, and the meme would never occur. We'd have a memeless internet, dude. Mm -hmm. Who wants to live in a world with a memeless internet? Nobody. Except Uh, maybe the communists.
1: I, I, um... I'm not sure where I stand on this issue.
0: <laughs> this is what happens when I when I do the show. You know, you don't know what you're going to get, Zook. Because I just...
1: like memes, but
0: I hate 4chan. Don't we all? Oh, my screen just went blue. I just blew my screen. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a loose video cable. Okay. Well, how about I jump it's into fixed. the next one? Okay. Oh <laughs> I just had to fix it. Okay, you you go though. You go though. I'm I'm getting a, a dry mouth.
1: Volkswagen. Don't they suck? Yes. Okay, so first off the scandal. Germany has said that Volkswagen has to recall eight point five million vehicles. Which sounds like a lot. And then you realize it's more than a lot because Supposedly, there's 11 million vehicles affected, and 8.5 million of them are in Germany. That's huge. Yes. And it gets worse because it turns out, remember when we said, how are they going to fix it? How are they going to fix it? And the news came out, oh, it's a software update. It turns out it's not just a software update. It's also, if if it's a diesel engine below 1.6 liters in size, it's an actual physical adjustment they actually have to change something with how the engine runs and how it's shaped to get it to meet standards. So that sucks.
0: Maybe not surprisingly. Go ahead. Well, just think of all the man hours that that's going to take labor-wise. It's,
1: yeah. Um, Not surprisingly, in the wake of this, uh, Volkswagen is really thinking about shifting hard to electric vehicles. Which, they're going to have to, because, let's be honest, for the next ten years, when, or uh, okay, benefit of the doubt, next five years, when Volkswagen releases a new clean diesel car, no one's going to believe them. No one's going to care. Like, the clean diesel Volkswagen is going to be an anchor around their
0: neck. It really is. This I don't know how they're going to get past this, in all honesty. They're, they have forever tainted their brand, I think.
1: It's kind of like when you tell people, oh, I drive a Yugo or a Pinto. It could be the new, like, it could be the brand new Pinto. It's a yeah. hybrid. It's There's a no more car. Pintos
0: because those all exploded.
1: Well, yeah, but bear with me here, okay? <laughs> you could have a brand new one, and it's, it could it's $5,000 and it gets better gas mileage than a Tesla and it can hit 0 to 60 in 3 seconds and it can comfortably seat a family of 7. It could be the best car ever conceived by man. But because it's named the Pinto, it's never going to take off. The previous name Pinto is it's just it's a, it's a curse. Yes. Volkswagen TDI is going to be a curse for at least the next 5 years. So it's not really surprising that maybe Volkswagen wants to really look at electric cars now. And and that's kind of what they're doing.
0: What do you think of the electric car movement? Because from what I've seen, I love the Teslas. I think there's a lot of potential there. But there's a lot of factors that are keeping them from, I think, becoming mainstream. First of all is the price. They're not affordable to your average person. The second thing is the range on them. I mean, if you can only drive 100 miles or, or 60 miles, you know, I've seen some of the cars. I think it was the Nissan Leaf my wife was looking at. She said, oh, they say that the that it'll go so far on, on a charge. And I started looking into it a little bit deeper. And people are saying, yeah, it gets about half that. In real world situations, it gets about half that. The test track, it probably could go all day. But, mm-hmm. but." In a real-world situation, that's not the case. And I think that the so the range and the price, I think, are really going to prevent things from, from taking off. Do you think if Volkswagen is able to successfully develop an electric vehicle that they're going to fall into those same same things and we're eventually just going to have a bunch of cars that are too expensive for anybody to own? And if you can't own them, you can't drive farther than the grocery store? Well, I'll tell
1: you what keeps me from getting into an electric car. It's the range, and we've talked about this before on the show, you know, if you can hit 300 miles on a charge, or close to, and not take 12 hours to charge, I consider that a win. Yes. Cold weather performance, and general affordability. And from what I understand, the Tesla meets two of the three of those. General affordability, out the window. If Volkswagen could do that, if anyone could do that, I'd be highly interested
0: I think if if Volkswagen is able to do that they will dominate the marketplace because I think people will rush out to buy them. Kind of like people are trying to rush out to buy Teslas, which is why you've got auto dealers here in Utah trying to keep Tesla out of the state. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um I don't know. Should we do another hard turn somewhere? Let's do it. Let's go to Windows information Yay! because hey Windows we love Windows Windows 10 is out now we've talked on the show about how if you have Windows 10 you can get um, free up there excuse me you get free updates to Windows 10 if you have Windows previous versions well one of the problems when Windows came out was people could not do a fresh install because you had to do an up an upgrade and and then you had to get your Windows 10 product key somehow, and then you could wipe your machine and do a fresh install of Windows 10. It was very complicated, very uh, convoluted process. Next month, you'll be able to activate Windows 10 with Windows 7 and 8 product keys. That's awesome news. So if you've got your copy of Windows 7, you just look at your Windows product key, do a fresh install, use that product key, and you're good to go. Yay,
1: this is actually pretty awesome because uh, at work right now, if we have Windows uh, 8 or Windows 7 we want to upgrade, we have to upgrade them to 10, make sure the activation takes, and then wipe it back. Because you can't do yeah. an upgrade directly from
0: from boot. Now you can. This is pretty awesome. I, I think this is awesome, way awesome. And this is how they should have done it from the beginning, I think. I don't know why they didn't. But it just makes a lot of sense. I don't know. They should have done it. Why not?
1: I think I think they were worried more about piracy. And now it's almost like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? Everyone's installing Windows ten. Who cares about privacy or piracy? This is awesome. Let's keep going.
0: <laughs> Let's keep this ball rolling while we can. Exactly. So, yeah. Have you seen any numbers on where they're at install wise since not we last si- talked about it? Not since we last talked about it, no.
1: And of course, they uh, they always give it to us in millions, so we don't know what the percentage is, the percentage of the worldwide PC market. So it's hard yeah. to say.
0: It's a lot, and it's it's quickly getting to be a lot more. So um, we've talked a lot on the show. While we're talking about computer companies, let's talk about Apple. Um, Apple got owned in court, which makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually infringed on somebody else's patent. Uh, the University of Wisconsin had a patent that I guess wind, or Apple took in 1998 without the proper permissions. And that technology was actually designed to improve chip efficiency um, and was used in both iPhones and iPads. So the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation filed a case against Intel back in 2008 for using the same patent. Immediately settled out of court, and then it decided, "Well, let's go after Cupertino." So they went, they went, and went to Apple, and the it's it's not going well. <laughs> it's not going
1: well for Apple. It's not quite that, that simple, unfortunately. I wish it were cause I'm I, trying to make it simple. I, I love Apple's come up, comeuppance here but the truth is is that there was a it's a standard piece of technology that uh, was used by many people including intel and they were first brought to court for it back in 2010 intel immediately settled and the settlement was x amount of money per device out in the wild that's using this technology you pay that then we consider the fee paid make sure you give proper patent rights and then uh, you, you attribute everything to the proper patents, and then you're free to use it from here on out. That was five years ago. Apple said, nope, I'm going to fight this. There's no way you can make this stick. We're just going to litigate, litigate, litigate. Well, the problem was is that back then, there weren't many Apple devices with that technology, so they wouldn't have had to pay all that much. But in the last five years, all they've done is pump out hundreds and hundreds of millions of those products, they have inflated the fee themselves. The fee would have been nothing if they had just paid it five years ago instead of trying to fight it. But pride. But pride, exactly. Um, And now they have to pay a hefty, hefty fine. So, in a way, the comeuppance is even better now.
0: It is. I mean, they're looking at $862.4 million in damages. Yep. And, yeah, that is huge, but it's not going to make a dent in Apple's finances. Um, and I guess, I guess that Wisconsin is after them for another technology thievery incident, um, which I guess Apple took the technology to boost the efficiency of the iPhone six. Um, uh, let's see the six S six S plus and the iPad pros a nine and a nine X chips. So, yeah, it's not over. We'll probably be talking about these two guys for a while. Probably not as long as we have Apple and Samsung, though. Um, now, t- while we're on on mobile talk here, T-Mobile is kind of shaking things up again. I, I like T-Mobile. I like what they do. I think they're just trolling them at this point. I, you know, I really wonder if John Legere is. He just gets up there every time and he's like, how much can we piss these people off? So they're welcoming AT&T customers' ideas uh, using the hashtag ideas for Randall. Now, I haven't haven't gone through all this, Zook, Did you add this one in?
1: I did. I did. Okay, so um, a little while ago, I think earlier this month, actually, a customer, an AT&T customer, sent a letter in to the office of the CEO of AT&T saying, just a couple suggestions. He calls himself a lifetime uh, customer that he will always... He loves his AT&T service. He wants to keep being an AT&T service uh, um, subscriber, but just just two suggestions, you know. Uh, he'd really like uh, his data to be handled a little bit differently and to bring in some additional text uh, text messaging packages. He got a response back, not from the CEO, but from AT&T's legal department, basically saying, t- telling him to shove off. They don't accept suggestions from people. And it's like, um maybe that's not the best way to handle a loyal customer. Just saying.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to lose a loyal customer. Yeah. Really good way.
1: Um I mean seriously just an email back saying thank you for the suggestion. We appreciate you being a customer.
0: And see, I think at that point, AT&T is afraid, well, if we even implement anything close to this, we're going to be financially liable to this guy because he came up with the idea. I, I think that's probably why they've got their legal team involved. Well, yeah, but... And I, I, you don't want to be beholden to your customers. Come on, man. That's just, like, old-school talk right there. I. It still doesn't <laughs> seem... It's not right. It's not right. I mean, it's not right at all. There's so many
1: different ways they could have done that. Thank you. We appreciate your feedback. You know, we're always excited to find new ways to serve customers. Unfortunately, it's our policy not to take suggestions directly in this manner because of liability, you know, be sure to check out our official feedback page, right?
0: Yeah. Hey,
1: there's an option. Maybe emailing the CEO directly is not the best way to enact change.
0: That's always yeah. possible. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Now, I like what John Legere said here. He said, uh, the entire Uncarrier revolution began by listening to customers. It's where we get our best ideas, and I want everyone to keep sending them my way at john.legere at t I love that he gave out. He's, he's like, hey, tell me. Here's my email address. He goes on to say, it absolutely amazes me that Randall would tell a lifelong customer to basically go away and talk to my lawyers. I interact with customers on a daily basis so I can hear their ideas firsthand. It's called living in the 21st century. That is a slam right there. Yeah. I, I like that. Now,
1: what's even better is the fact that I have written the the CEO of T-Mobile before, years ago, uh, basically saying, hey, why, not, why don't we have more love for a Windows Phone? You know, I really want... This is back when I was on Windows Phone. I really wanted the 1020 to be brought to T-Mobile. And he said, sorry, can't say anything for sure yet, but keep an eye out. Like, that's all he wrote back. And I don't even know if he wrote it back. It could have just been a staffer. It doesn't matter. The point is that I got a message back, and it kept me very interested. Oh, okay, let's keep an eye out. Let's keep an eye out. They eventually released the 521. It sucked. I wasn't real thrilled about that. But you know what I'm saying? It's just it's that little level of detail
0: yeah you do something small like that and it goes a very long way in customer relations it it's amazing what something like that i mean like you said it kept you interested it kept you from immediately jumping carriers uh, i mean it's awesome i, I really like how john lagere runs things mm-hmm. i should email him see if he'll come on our show <laughs> he might We'd have, All we know I I I know that's the thing. It would be funny though cuz we'd probably have to bleep a lot of it cuz that dude is he doesn't care. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh but T-Mobile's also working on some stuff and I heard that AT&T uh, AT&T kind of started this. AT&T's got a new feature called Number Sync that will let you share the same account information across multiple SIM cards. Um it looks like T-Mobile is going to try and put that to shame. They're working on a system right now to share one number across multiple devices as well. And from what I hear, it's going to be a lot better than than what AT and T's offering. I don't know how they could do that, but maybe something on the back end with their network or or something. But I kind of like that idea. I personally don't have a use for it, though. I have. I have, I guess, my Google voice number that I use for voicemail, and then I've got my my Nexus phone with my phone number on it, my T-Mobile phone number on it. I know. I'm,
1: I'm a little bit confused by this as well. I'm not saying that there isn't a need for it. I'm just saying I don't think it's targeted at me, and I'm not really sure the type of person it is targeted
0: at. Now, I've done some projects in the last year, let's say, for businesses where they're working on integrating different VoIP services that can be used on multiple platforms, so you just have one phone number. I wonder if this is something along those lines where it's just going to be a service and you get a number and then you for all your numbers forward to it and it's targeted maybe towards businessmen who have multiple... You know, they've got their office phone, and then they've got their personal cell phone, and then their work cell phone, and, you know, maybe that's who they're targeting this at. I well, don't know.
1: Well, and let me ask this, because it just gets a lot more confusing to me. Let's uh, Like, I have a family plan, right? We have four lines on our family plan. My wife, mine, the home, and uh, another one that we keep for my mom, okay? Let's say that I decide to put mine in the home, and I want them to share SIM information. Does that mean that those two sims are now linked together on one of my lines or is it still taking up two lines
0: oh that's i wow i don't know
1: i i are we looking at basically it's just doing advanced call forwarding like they are still two separate lines but it's call forwarding to both phones is it that they are both using that the one line is using two separate sims I mean, I can see kind of where this would be very useful if, say, for instance, I have an iPhone and I have an Android, and I want to be able to swap back and forth between the two of them at will. I don't know why I'd do that, but I'm sure there are many people who do. It, it, it just it add, adds more questions. It doesn't give answers.
0: Yeah, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. So um, I guess T-Mobile's Mike Sievert came
1: out. Oh, go ahead. I I would just like to point out that for all we know, T-Mobile never, ever started working on a project like this until AT&T said that they were going to announce it.
0: Well, you know, that kind of goes with what I was going to say. T-Mobile's Mike Sievert, I don't know who that guy is, but he's apparently important. He said, uh, quote, what we are working on will make this version uh, one offering from AT&T look small. Our strategy is to ask customers what they want and need, and burn. then build it. AT and T's is to build or buy things and then try to convince customers they asked for it. Hashtag trouble burn. Oh, that is a that is a sick burn right there, is what that is. That somebody needs to go to the burn unit on that one. But I mean so it sounds like they've actually been working on this for a while based on, on that. I, I mean, don't customers know. Customers have asked for it. I still don't so.
1: hear anything solid in that. I still think they're just well, as cool as they say theirs is going to be, ours is going to be infinity times more cool. So take that at I still think they're just having a laugh at them.
0: But, you know, it's so fun to watch. It is
1: hilarious to watch.
0: I, I absolutely love watching this. And it seems, you know, T-Mobile has really gotten, gotten under the skin of a lot of these carriers. But they really seem to like to go for AT&T.
1: I wonder if there's some bad blood left behind after the attempted merger.
0: There could be, maybe, maybe.
1: Someone call um, Taylor Swift because there's some bad blood.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't hear them talking much about Verizon. You do a little bit, but not a ton. Yeah. Not like you do at and But speaking of Verizon, uh, Verizon is uh, reportedly blocking the new Microsoft Lumia 950 and 950XL phones from their network. Why, Zook?
1: I don't know. This one confuses me, okay? There's a lot of reasons why a carrier would not accept a phone onto the network, okay? Incompatible technologies. That's a very good reason, right? Um,
0: I guess CDMA will not work on a GSM network, so no, we won't take it. Right. We totally understand that. Totally
1: get that. Fine. Um, (laughs) The phone isn't authorized to work inside the U.S. Well, that's out of their hands. You know, that, yep. that's also a good reason. Um, then there's other ones where they will let it. However, they don't have a deal with that phone's manufacturer, so they're not going to offer a subsidy for it. Right? Or it's not going to come with all of their stuff pre-installed. The Verizon Navigator, and the Verizon Email Client, and all the crap they preload onto your phones. The Verizon Boot Screen. That's my favorite, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But here's the thing. The FCC has actually ruled long ago, like back in the 70s, that if a device meets all criteria, if it doesn't breach FCC guidelines, meaning it doesn't interfere with others and it accepts any interference that it gets and it's compatible, then private citizens are allowed to use it on whatever network. Networks can't say, no, you can't handle that. You can't take that which is why a lot of cable companies back in the day used to throw a fit when people would bring in their own equipment to use. If it was compatible, if it worked, and if it didn't affect the network, there was nothing that the cable company could do. So if you go out and buy an unlocked Microsoft phone that is proven to work on that network, that is technologically compatible with it, why would you go out of your way to block it?
0: Because they're pissed at Microsoft.
1: Why? Why would they be? P- <laughs> See, and that's the question. It's like if there's no good reason. Sure. Okay. Lumia sales don't sell real well. Okay. I get that. My, uh, let's say Verizon just simply doesn't want to drop the money into a Microsoft phone because they don't sell. From a business standpoint, I get that. But if I go out and I buy this phone on my own, unlocked, and it already works with your network, what is it against them to just let me use it on the network? Because
0: they don't have all their bloatware on
1: the phone. So what? You can go out and get an unlocked Android phone and do that.
0: Yeah, true. And, you know, they actually did something similar with the Nexus 5 when it first came out a few years ago. That it wasn't, it wasn't allowed on their network. I don't know if it is now because I left because I wanted an Nexus 5. Yeah, it's so confu- I went to T-Mobile. It's confusing though, right? I mean... It is. I mean, if, it, if it's not harming the network, if it's compatible, why not? It, it makes no sense. And I remember the last time I was in a Verizon store, they were trying to pimp their Microsoft phones so hard. I mean, a guy was trying to convince me that the Microsoft, I don't even remember which one it was, one of the Lumias, um, but that it was better than the Galaxy, I think it was the S3 at the time.
1: Which, to be fair, nothing was better than the S3.
0: No, nothing was better than the S3. That was one of the best phones I've ever owned, and... I mean, they were pimping at heart. Maybe all of their efforts just didn't pan out, and now they're mad saying, well, we invested all this time and money and energy, and look at all the bloat we stuck on and developed specifically for your phones, and they just sit there, so screw you, Microsoft. Maybe that's what they're doing.
1: I I hope not, because that seems really juvenile, right?
0: They're CEOs. They're all juvenile. Good point.
1: Forget (laughs) I said that.
0: Look at Trump. I mean, wow. Juvenile. So, um, well, (laughs) speaking of hardware, BlackBerry officially introduced the perv. Excuse me, the priv. What's a priv? Hey, Cortana, define priv. (laughs) I'll go to Urban
1: Dictionary. It has nothing. (laughs) She's got nothing on that one. Uh,
0: Let's see what... Urban Dictionary
1: says. This was the the Venice, the code name Venice that we talked about a while ago. The slider with the hard keyboard, which I got to admit looks kind of pimp.
0: It looks like a nice phone, but I mean, I hate that name. Every time I see that, I see Priv. It's spelled P-R-I-V. All caps. I I think Perv. P-E-R-V. Every single time. And now you won't be able to not see that too, Zook. Yeah. I can see it in your face. You're like, "Oh crap, what is Honor done?" I mean, I like
1: the idea of a hard keyboard for one major reason, okay? It's easier to type without having to look at the keys, which admittedly is something you can train yourself about, so it's not a huge thing. But I do like it in that you can type on things without the keyboard coming up and taking up a section of the screen. Yes, that is that is nice. That is quite nice. However, completely useless for any apps that are that are landscape mode only.
0: Ooh, I hadn't considered that.
1: So if you're playing Clash of Clans and you want to chat with your clan and you hit keyboard, the keyboard is still going to come up from the bottom of the landscape.
0: I did not... Wow, I did not think of that. But yeah, wow. Okay, good. So it's useless. <laughs> it's BlackBerry. Well done, BlackBerry. Well, and
1: and that's the thing, is that BlackBerry if you don't play games, if you don't have a horizontal only app, well then sure, this makes perfect sense. However, that's a lot of gamers that you're you're cutting out and unfortunately, gamers are the ones who buy the phones.
0: It seems to be that way more and more, doesn't it?
1: It does, it does. HTC has a good slider that way. There's only slides Horizontal. Back in the day, I used to have a um, oh geez a, a PanTech Ocean, and it was a dual slider. It slid up one way to reveal the keypad, and it slid up the other way to reveal the the keyboard. So you could switch between modes. And I really wish that they could bring out something like that because a tri slider would just be awesome.
0: Interesting. I don't, I think I've only seen those a couple times. They are cool though. I'm not a fan of the hardware keyboard. I know though that they do serve a purpose, like teenagers trying to text in class. You know, it's a lot easier to do if you got a hard keyboard. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, hiding it under your desk and whatnot. But I'm just... I I have no confidence in BlackBerry at this point. So, I expect this will be a colossal failure, as BlackBerry is so good at doing. And then we'll have a good laugh about it in our year-end show, and It'll be sitting next to all the Amazon Fire phones. Uh, Now, we've got new Nexus devices that that we've talked about, the 5X and the 6P, and Google has confirmed that one of the features that people were really looking forward to has been dropped from the final release, and that's a double twist gesture to launch the camera. So I guess you twist your wrist a couple times and the camera opens. I think this is the stupidest feature ever. Uh, Why are people freaking out about this? I...
1: And and, and Schmitty would very correctly um, point out that I'm being, uh, I'm putting a blanket statement on something that's just a subjective opinion, and it is. But people, I don't know about you, but I keep my phone in my pocket. Now, I'm not going to be dancing the shake or the shimmy or anything, but my leg moves through the day, you know? (laughs) I walk. I just imagine this thing taking pictures of the insides of of, of my pockets all the time. It seems like the strangest hand motion to launch the camera when most Android launchers can launch the camera straight from the lock screen, and it takes far less op- far less effort, far less time, and with yeah, far well, less rate of failure.
0: Well, and don't the Microsoft uh, and the Lumia phones or, or the Sony phones have a camera button on them? Yeah. I mean, just why do you need to twist your wrist like you're gonna get carpal tunnel man it seems like the strangest
1: feature that no one asked for i don't know why people are upset that it's not there
0: yeah it just yeah that's a weird thing i don't know who was asking for that i don't pick up my phone and think oh if only there was a, a way that i could easily launch my camera by twisting my wrist multiple times
1: yeah if only i could shake this thing and have yeah. it do something. Uh, by the way, the whole shake to whatever features that most people had on their Android phones back in the gingerbread day have since gone away because people have realized it's a stupid motion to do with your $400 piece of technology. Just saying. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy. So, I don't know. but So, Google took that feature away from us. And as you can tell, there's a lot of people on the Stolen Droids crew who are really not... That's sad about now google chrome also lost a feature this week you can no longer say okay google from google chrome on your pc and it just launched on my phone and it's doing a search <laughs> that's awesome but yeah google removed the okay google voice search from chrome now here's
1: here's my take on this okay because i don't think one people were using it and they have the data to say that no they weren't but i think it's more than that see the girl who's on my computer now i can't say her name or else she'll pop up and try and do a search would that be cortana yes it is you can customize her so she only listens for your voice right yes that's because she's baked into the os she's part of the computer's operating system google on the other hand chrome Not as much. That data is handled, anyone can do it, and it's handled entirely in the cloud. It's quite impressive. It's very handy. It's very useful. I'm not putting it down, but it means that anyone can walk up and down the row, and I know because I've done this at work, and yell out, okay, Google, and everyone's Chrome windows light up. (laughs) Now, maybe not everyone, but at least half the row.
0: That's funny. I mean, so it's a That's real, way funny.
1: It's a really handy, cool little feature, but at the same time, it's not one that can be personalized or locked down. True.
0: True. So I from that standpoint, I guess I can see why they got rid of it.
1: And I do believe Google when they say that they just didn't have the data that said anyone was using it. You can't guarantee that a computer has a microphone on it.
0: No, you can't. And, you know, I've got a webcam constantly plugged in. I've got a microphone and whatnot plugged into my computer, but I don't have always have them active. And so even the Cortana stuff, I... Oh, Cortana just popped up on me. <laughs> um, but even the Cortana stuff on Windows 10, I don't use like you do because I don't have my mic up in my face at all times.
1: Yeah, and I use, I, I use Cortana all the time. Um, at work, um, I use it during... Uh, and I have to switch back to it because I have to remember she's not real during presentations i'll I'll tell her to open up programs or to research something for me, and I admit I kind of do it because I love seeing people's reactions when my computer is actually doing what I tell it to do. that never gets old but yeah
0: that that's always fun, but do you know how annoying it would
1: be if well and even right now, I have five different Chrome windows open, which is nothing right? The only reason it's noteworthy is because currently they're signed in under three different profiles. So if I was to access the Google Hotword, word, which one would respond with which information?
0: Ooh, I hadn't considered that.
1: It's just having it as part of the browser left too many variables that I don't think Google con- could control. They're keeping it on their Chromebooks where it acts a lot more like Cortana or Siri because it's actually part of the OS, which makes sense. Yeah, I just, I don't think it was a very useful
0: product. Yeah. Now, we have a data breach, more data breach news. I was waiting for that to happen this show. Yeah, it seems like that's all we talk about anymore is data breaches. Did um, it happen just
1: now? Like just this instant or?
0: Um, I don't know. It happened um, yesterday. I guess yesterday. Okay. okay. So um, so 10, 1016 is when the story came out. Um, but it says uh, EA is downplaying reports of a possible data breach circulating online saying that it currently has no indication that the list of user account credentials appearing on PasteBin were obtained by an intrusion of EA servers how else would they have gotten it if they didn't leak their data how did this information get into the wild
1: hey um, Ruff you know how honor doesn't trust uh, government and you don't trust corporations I think we can all agree that none of us trust EA.
0: EA is just awful.
1: EA is like Cyberdyne Institute uh, along with, you know, they're every evil corporate, the Whalen Corporation. They are every evil corporation and government put together, putting out sports games.
0: So, I mean, the, the chief security officer at EA is saying that, well, if you look at some of the accounts listed on this, Uh, they were involved in like the Adobe and the Patreon and the Bitcoin, um, dumps as well. But then there's a lot that were exposed for the first time via this new list. So, um, yeah, EA has, has lost your data. Just they're, they're not admitting to it, but whoever does admit to it right away. Really? Now, um, aren't you an EA customer? Um, I have purchased from EA in the past, so I'm sure I'll be getting a year of creative monitoring out of this one. Not
1: if they don't admit to it.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is true. Oh, man. They suck. They suck. Um, And then we've got some data retention laws taking place in Australia that just went into effect, which, you know, if you happen to have a breach and you've got all this data stored, then... Yeah, that's going to end well for you. But it doesn't look like nobody really knows what's going on down there. Um, I guess the law requires ISPs to store all sorts of information on users just in case the government wants to go through it. Because that's always a good idea.
1: Australia is the least tech-friendly country out there, I think. They
0: really are, I think.
1: And again, Ruff, you may agree with us and you may disagree with us. But the reason I say that is because, one, it's impossible to get video games on time down there. I remember when well, we talked to Yahtzee. It's
0: impossible to get some video games down there.
1: Yeah. When Yahtzee from Zero Punctuation, when we talked with him, he said that's the biggest problem, with just trying to get games down there. Uh, I've worked with uh, multinational corporations, and we always have our, our Sydney office, right? And while we're enjoying 100 megabit upload speed, they're still sitting at 1.5. And the 1.5 speed goes down after business hours because the government cuts them off. To save bandwidth for the residentials. Oh, and by the way, that one point five costs way more than anyone in America is paying. It's just, I I don't understand Australia's hatred of all things technology.
0: Well, I don't know. They look, that Australia is a country where everything can kill you. Maybe they just lump technology into that. You know, <laughs> we trust well,
1: we trust our two foot long spiders much more than we do this google nonsense
0: <laughs> exactly exactly but on the plus side someone told me that they're trying to get a they've got an official petition to rename the Australian dollar to the dollarie do i'm 100% behind that cuz that's just hilarious oh it needs to happen it does need to happen i don't know how that hasn't happened yet so can we get a dollarie do i i would like a dollarie do <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fun. Tell us about your favorite, Zuke. My favorite. Um, okay, so I have a DVR, and I usually use them to s- skip over commercials like everyone does. But I have a secret. I'm actually a huge fan of commercials, certain commercials. I really, really find f- interesting commercials fascinating. They usually have the best music. They have the best special effects. If you think about a really well-done commercial, it has 30 seconds to grab your attention, make you remember it, and give all relevant data that either tells you, yes, you're interested in this, or you should go out and research this because you will be interested in it. So really good commercials are are works of art, I think. Scion, Toyota, has a new set of ads for their new Scion IA, um, and it's called That's Weird. And so they have, like, Steve Urkel, the Wax Steve Urkel with Jaleel White. They have a whole bunch of... This one is one of those wacky, waving, inflatable, flailing arm tube men that you see at car dealerships everywhere. Well, he's been liberated. He's free. He's now driving around in the Scion IA, and he's just loving everything about it. Um, If you've seen it on TV, you know, you probably have skipped right over it, like I did the first five times. But I just absolutely adore this ad because it just stirs something very childlike and primal in me to smile <laughs> especially when he's just like so excited you can see you can see on his inflated face that he's so excited he's just like flopping his coffee all over the car it's quite funny
0: it was funny i enjoyed it uh my my favorite this week is something a little bit different you know everybody uses a computer uh, sometimes you need to take screenshots. There's a lot of different ways to go about that. Some people just use the print screen button on their keyboard. Some people will use different applications or whatnot. For my job, I have to do a lot of screenshots. And we were using Gyazo for a bit, and I realized that that just really sucks. I don't like that at all. And my boss told me about Microsoft Snip. I think it's still in beta, but... It is amazing. It is fast, it is simple, and it completely removes any sort of difficulty from trying to get a screenshot of the exact area of your screen that you want. There's no more copying into MS Paint and doing the crop and all that other stuff. This is a wonderful tool. So if you need to do screenshots for anything, check it out because it will definitely make your life a whole lot easier. Awesome. I think I will. It's wonderful.
1: Well, do you want to take us out, or is that still me?
0: I'll let you take us. I'm tired of talking.
1: <laughs> well, that is our show this week. Let us know how Zoner screwed up. Feedback at stolenandroids.com or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Someone call us. Seriously, we've only gotten like seven calls in the history of that thing. One was rough, and the other six were wrong numbers. Uh, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> friend us on Facebook, Hello <laughs> or Google Plus Us. Until next time, cheers.
0: Good day.